Hello, hello, Mediaverse members, and welcome to Mediaverse Unwrapped, where we bring our non-toxic Facebook community of Marvel fans to life. I'm your host, Max Taff, and I'm joined by my co-host, the lucky to my charms, Megan Spangler. Bonjour, bonjour. This week is our Pride episode. We discuss LGBTQ plus characters in the MCU, LGBTQ characters from Marvel Comics, the importance of representation in media, and so much more. Let's dive in. Let's do it. For those who don't know, it's Pride Month, a month dedicated to the commemoration of the queer community and celebrating. It's such an important month for so many people, myself included. So, of course, we had to celebrate the occasion. Yes. Yes, we did. We are going to tell you all about the LGBTQ characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and in Marvel Comics. So, Megan, why don't you kick us off? Well, we all know that Marvel Comics has always been, quote unquote, woke, which we love and appreciate. So early on in Marvel Comics, they dealt with the issue of prejudice. Anti-mutant sentiment in the X-Men series can be seen as an allegory, not only for racism, but for homophobia and transphobia. It comes as no surprise then that many of Marvel's LGBTQ characters are X-Men, of course. For example, Northstar. Northstar came out in 1992's Alpha Flight number 106, making him Marvel's first gay superhero. Wow. Later on, Northstar would marry his partner Kyle in Astonishing X-Men Volume 3, number 51. Wow, that's incredible. 1992, that's super progressive. I'm actually very impressed. I didn't know that. Yeah, it it was that long ago. Freaking 30 years, over 30 years ago. That's just insane. Hats off for being ahead of the curve. Another mutant, Jesse Drake, is Marvel's first transgender hero. Jesse Drake debuted in Marvel Comics Presents number 150 in 1994. She returned. I know. It's just, it it blew my mind. She returned again in the next issue, which is where she revealed to another character, Typhoid Mary, that she was transgender. Mm -hmm. Since then, Marvel Comics has featured over 60 LGBTQ superheroes. Series with a significant amount of LGBTQ representation include Runaways and Young Avengers. Some Marvel movie fans may have may be surprised to find that several popular characters in the movies are canonically LGBTQ. In the comics, including Star Lord, Deadpool, Captain Marvel, and even Korg the Cronin Rock Monster. That's insane and incredible. Like, I, I, I'm i so blown away by these facts you're teaching me right now because I had no idea that Marvel was so progressive, including, you know, LGBT characters all the way back in, like, the 90s. I mean, that's insane. You, that's, like, super unheard of. It really does give me a deeper respect for what they're saying because you hear it all the time that they're just doing it because it's the woke thing to, pe- to, mm-hmm. to you know, when viewers and readers but they were doing this in the 90s think it's pretty taboo now transgenderism and all that but think about in the 90s that is that takes balls i mean it's incredible i feel like the 90s was really like a turning point for lgbtq representation in media like you were getting it on tv you were seeing it more in books and films and all those types of things the 90s were really like a big breaking point for that but like the early 90s like marvel i mean let me check this year again. 1992 North Star came out. That's insane. That's that is like that's very progressive. I thought that they were right at the front, the forefront. They could have been the and ones they, that influenced a lot more inclusion in media. And they didn't even it wasn't even like a random I'm gay in the comics. He had a whole husband named Kyle. Like they gave him a whole story and that's so beautiful. I think that's amazing. Me too. That is amazing. I want to read this comic book now. I didn't know this existed. (laughs) See, like, this is why it's important to talk about these things. Absolutely. I mean, why would you not? It's a part of Marvel history. It's part of humanity. It's you have to talk about it. It's if you can accept Captain America, Tony Stark, Natasha Romanoff, you can accept North Star. Yeah. North Star sounds really cool. I would love to read up on him and I would love to see a character like this in the mcu i think it's it's amazing i mean it's insane like you know when you think about how long how far we've come i mean we we are getting better in the lgbt 
LGBTQ representation in Marvel. I mean, we've got, you know, it started kind of in like, you know, Avengers Endgame when we see Cap leading that grief session. Yeah. And Joe Russo, is it Joe or Anthony? Which one? Joe Russo, Joe. I think. Joe. He's, um, he's there playing a gay man, which I think was super cool. And the fact that Cap was so dope about it, like just very like, you know, didn't even flinch, like not a big deal at all. It was awesome. I love that. Um, what other LGBT, LGBTQ characters have we had in? Oh no, you're, we're about to get into that. So never mind. <laughs> we got you covered. Exactly. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Jesse Drake, the first transgendered Marvel superhero. That is incredible. Like in 1994, yeah. that really surprised me. Yeah, that's the one that I was like, I had to like look at the number of the year many times because. You didn't hear about it in the 90s. It wasn't, like, it's not what it is now. It's so much more accepted now, which is beautiful. But I think, you know, it should have always been accepted. But, you know, you can't change history. But it was just in the 90s. And Marvel wasn't booming. They weren't booming and popping in the 90s like they are now. So it it took balls. It, It took guts to do it. And it's amazing. I totally agree. I mean, bringing transgenderism into the forefront of con- the conversation back in 1994 is insane because I feel like it's only been the last couple years where you're actually hearing about like transgendered struggles and hearing about, you know, transgendered people on the news. Like it's only been what, like the last like three years or so that you're really hearing about it prominently. Yeah. And this was already way back in 1994. That's insane. Yeah. Very impressive. So, very impressive. So some other characters representing the LGBTQ plus community in the MCU more specifically include Loki, who is depicted as bisexual in the MCU and gender fluid in the comics, which makes sense because he's a shapeshifter. Um, He has come out as bisexual in the Loki series. In season one, we did see him come out to Sylvie as dating both princes and princesses. Uh, Tom Hiddleston acknowledged in an interview with The Guardian that Loki coming out as bisexual on the character's eponymous Disney Plus series was only a small step and that there's further to go, which is really exciting to me. Yes. Uh, when it comes to representing the comic book character's sexuality on screen. And I, I have to agree. I feel like they gave us a little taste. I would love some flashbacks. I mean, I know oh, they're kind God, of pushing yes. Loki and Sylvie now, but I think that'd be cool. Look, I will take any content of tom hiddleston so same though this just like i love that tom hiddleston said this that there's further to go that this was just a small step and he's right it was the tiniest bit of a sliver of something for representation and it went over so beautifully with the fan base it like people were so excited and that's amazing it's just all around just incredible to me me too. I, I think it's about damn time. And I wish yes. they had done this sooner because can you imagine how amazing it would have been to see like Loki like flirting with like Captain America or Iron Man like in Avengers? Like that would have been the best. That would have made my life. Like I would have just died happy. Right? <laughs> amazing. <laughs> or like Nick Fury or something. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Yes. I would have loved that. The crack ship we didn't know we needed. Oh, is this what making fan fiction is? Because this is what it feels like. <laughs> it kind of is. So who knows? If you write fan fiction about this, please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on in our list, Fastos, the first openly gay character of the MCU and is shown with his husband and son in Eternals. That I think is incredible. I, I know, I mean, I was very mixed on the portrayal of Fastos. But I will say I love the representation LGBTQ-wise. I love the fact that he had a family. He had a normal husband. Like, I, I, I live for those stories that truly depict the real-life, you know, couples that exist out in the world and not just these overly hyped-up, you know, stereotypes that we get to see sometimes on TV. And what's sad about Fastos is that Eternals was so disliked that that normalcy of a gay family was looked over completely because of the hatred the movie got. I get I get the hatred. I, I do. It's fine. But this was the first gay family shown on 
in the MCU. That's huge. And and look at look at Fastos with his cute it little is. son Jack, his fine ass husband. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. I thought it was so cute, and I I just I loved the fact that it was like a sweet, wholesome like relationship. He was like, oh, you know, be careful. You know, I I really I really enjoyed that depiction particularly. I thought it was really good and very important. I thought it was. It was very normal as it should be. Yes. Absolutely. And then moving on to Valkyrie, who we last saw in Thor Love and Thunder. She is bisexual in the comics and the MCU. Valkyrie is played by Tessa Thompson, who is also openly bisexual, which I love. Um, and yeah, she's mentioned like dating women. Yeah, she she's calls herself a king. Yeah, she's very I loud love and it. proud. As she should be. I do but too. It's, just, it's amazing. I love it. I will say, like, one of the few bright spots of Thor Love and Thunder was definitely, like, seeing Valkyrie again and just, like, getting to just in enjoy her persona on screen. I really miss seeing Tessa Thompson. Like, you know, she brings such a commanding presence. I will say, like, I hated that movie so, so much. But seeing Valkyrie, like, have these normal problems, like, she's drinking, she, yes. she's single, and she's alone. She just wants a woman. That I like that. I like that they did that with her because that that normalizes her. She's not just this badass bisexual woman who can do anything and fight with Thor. She's mm -hmm. at the end of the day, she's just someone trying to figure it out too. It's true. You're right. Like it, it, she comes off so larger than life, like with her persona and her bravado and how brave she is and how she's willing to always tackle any project or any problem. Mm -hmm. But she really is just like a normal person like the rest of us. You're absolutely right. That's true. And that's very interesting because I never really thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on, Ayo, part of the Dora Milaje, last seen in Wakanda forever. And she's one of the original Dora Milaje who we've been seeing since uh, Captain America Civil War. She is revealed in Wakanda forever to be in a relationship with another Dora Milaje warrior named Aneka. That was beautiful. Yeah. I liked them. I did. I did. I liked too. From what I remember, they took off a pretty big scene with those two showing their relationship, and which I'll never forgive. I wanted to see more. Yeah, I feel like they're always with the crumbs with these types of things, and I'm optimistic. I I think that the way things are going, we'll, we will see some more um like outright representation and and you know people just living their you know normal truths. Um, yeah. and I, I will say though, I, I liked what we got. It was a nice little taste. Hopefully we will get it expanded upon. So that's what I have to say. Yes, I agree. Highly. And then moving on to Negasonic Teenage Warhead, who is from the Deadpool franchise, formerly under Fox. Uh, she's been depicted in Deadpool 2 as being in a relationship with Yukio. And it seems like they're going to be continuing that in Deadpool 3, as it's been announced that both the actress who plays Negasonic Teenage Warhead and the actress who plays Yukio are both returning. So that's exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited to see those two, especially Yukio. I find her so adorable. I don't know what it is, but she's just so sweet and like wholesome and cute. I don't know. Yeah, she's something about her and Wade's dynamic just brings me such pure joy. I totally agree. I think Wade likes her too. And they just I love their their funny like little friendship they have going on that annoys Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yes, I love it. <laughs> Sylvie. From the Loki series on Disney+, Plus, partially based on the characters Lady Loki and Sylvie Lushton from Marvel Comics, Loki's counterpart in the series, um, being depicted as bisexual as well. I mean, we got to see her and Loki kind of linking up a little bit. But yeah, she definitely hinted heavily at it, right? Oh, for sure. She, I mean, she is a Loki. She is gender fluid. She is bisexual. She's based off on... She's based off of two bisexual characters from the from the comics so you would assume she also is mm -hmm. yeah i totally agree i think i i definitely it wasn't outright set in loki but i do believe that it's true i think that all these characters that can shapeshift or like you know characters like mystique characters who can change their form and just like you know become like any gender any person i feel like almost like it comes with the territory to naturally be like like a little gender fluid slash bisexual because you literally are fluid with your gender like you can turn into any gender you want yeah you're you're it's like you're oddly just the most perfect perfect person to be gender fluid i know exactly it's true <laughs> <laughs> 
Next on our list, Deadpool, or as he's known, Wade Wilson, from the popular Fox franchise, is pansexual in the comics. He has a non-binary partner named Valentine Vuong, who is an assassin who appeared in the ongoing comic book run in 2022. I want them to make Deadpool openly bisexual or pansexual or whatever in the MCU when he comes. I, I think it's too. time. It's, real, it's really big in his character. Like, this man will f anybody and that that's huge in the comics mm-hmm. right? it, it adds to <laughs> his true. it adds to how just fluid and funny he is with it to anyone that stands there for too long it's true like deadpool is just one of those characters that just like doesn't like give a fuck about anything just rolls <laughs> with the punches you know like i i would love this i know ryan reynolds has gone on record saying that um he would love to see that as part of the character too. And I, I I really hope we get to see it. I mean, they definitely hinted at certain things like in the movies, like when Vanessa was, when he and Vanessa were celebrating, what was it like Women's Empowerment Day and they had the strap on? <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I can't remember exactly, oh, but God. yeah, there, there's there's been some hinting and, you know, some light pegging. So, you know, anything's possible. Maybe him and Wolverine. <laughs> You said that so pleasantly too. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little strap on. Just a little, little strap on. Just a little one. <laughs> a little one. Sorry if you have. Kids We've all been listening. there. Tell We've all been there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! Um, and then probably one of the most um, significant of the most recent. That have come to fruition in the MCU. America Chavez oh, in Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. Me too. I love America Chavez. I do. Uh, the the first gay Latina hero in the MCU and the first gay Latina hero to have her own Marvel comic series. She was shown in Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness, and she very openly wore a pride pin on her jean jacket. Yes. And e- even her moms, they, she had two moms. They were a couple. I mean. Her sexuality hasn't technically been established in the MCU. We're just, we can assume she's queer. So yeah, that's really interesting and cool. So, I mean, even if her sexuality hasn't been established in MCU, she still, like you said, she has the pin. It showed mm-hmm. her two moms. She's still representing. Even if it's yes. not, even if it's not her sexuality, she comes from a, a, a child of two gay parents. So, I mean, yeah. that, that counts for me. Not that Absolutely. Gay, <laughs> what do I know? No, it's true. I mean, you know, it's it is it's very true. She she definitely represents well. She's proud and she doesn't, you know, hold back in doing that. Yeah. And she's proud of her moms. So that's really cool. So even, you know, yeah, you're you're right. Even if they haven't established her, at least we know she's definitely like an ally. Absolutely, which, you know, we always always need more of. Yeah. So with the MCU expanding, we're bound to get new LGBTQ characters. Hopefully. Freaking hopefully. There's fingers rumors crossed. of Wiccan fingers all fingers crossed. There's rumors of Wiccan being in Agatha Chaos of Coven, you know, Wanda's son. He's a pretty big, loud and proud character in the comics. And with Wiccan, that can mean we will also get Hulkling. After securing his place in the United Monarch of the Cree and the Skrulls, Hulkling marries longtime love Wiccan in front of their young Avengers mm-hmm. family. I want to see it. I want to see it so bad. Because the comic for know, it is too. spectacular. There's just no getting better. than It is just highly recommend that read. We could also see some really great LGBTQ characters with the mutant phase coming. That could include Mystique, Iceman, Karma, Destiny, Dakin, who is Wolverine's son, and Kitty mm. Pride, who is bisexual. Very it cool. could show us Shatterstar, who shared Marvel's first gay kiss in the comics with his teammate Richter in New, Mu- New Mutants number 99. That could even give us a chance to see the new trans mutant Escapade, who we Ooh. are ecstatic about. She was introduced in last year's edition of Marvel Voices Pride Number no. One, and with Escapade, she brings her bestie and fellow trans mutant Morgan Red. Very cool. So it looks like we're on the right path here. 
It, they're, they just introduced a new one just last year. You know, we don't know what will happen in this month. We have our fingers crossed that we get more or we can see these new characters progress with their story. Yeah, I think this is amazing. I love all the representation coming. I love the new stuff. I love the older stuff. I'm I'm just blown away at some of these facts you're throwing at me right now. Because as a non-comics reader, I think this is really cool. And it makes me actually want to go and read these like issues yeah. that you mentioned. I'm really yeah. excited. This is cool. I'm going to go ahead and do that. You should. They're they're really they're really really nice to see because it's so normal like with jesse drake <clears throat> she when she tells typhoid mary in the comics right before she does there's a little boy in the comics that tells her but she's a boy typhoid mary slaps the shit out of this boy and then ah! yeah and then after that you know jesse drake breaks down and says I'm a girl. This is who I am. That's who I want to be. And Typhoid Mary just accepts her as who she is, as we all should. Aww. Because she's just a person. It doesn't matter what she what she really is. If she's a girl, if she's a boy, if she's gay or lesbian or anything, she's a person. And I never thought I'd say it, but be like Typhoid Mary. <laughs> just accept it. <laughs> well, never thought I'd say that word, that sentence. I know that's crazy. I'm so happy to hear that, though. I, even the villains, like of the stories, are like, yeah, whatever. You know, they're so accepting. It's that's really interesting to me. I definitely want to check that issue out as well. Um, yeah. Very exciting stuff. Like this is incredible. I really, mm -hmm. you know, I really didn't know a lot of this, and I I'm gonna go check it out now. And it it makes me wonder, like, when are they gonna start incorporating more of this into the MCU? Yeah, I I really would like to see that, not just hinted at. You know, I understand they have to, their progression will happen slowly, but still, just throw us in there. Who cares? You know, you gave us an entire yeah. gay family in Eternals. Keep that going. Who cares? You're, you're going to piss off people and you're going to make people feel really great. <laughs> Why not go with the more positive one? Exactly. I feel like either way, someone's getting pissed off. So you know what? Do whoever makes the most people happy and means the most to a certain community who needs it, like the LGBTQ plus community. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I want you to say Agatha Coven of Chaos. Agatha Coven of Chaos. Okay, perfect. All right, and then we can go into this. Are you ready? Yeah. Perfect. So then do you want me to, I'll read the discuss? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so moving on to our next topic, we are going to discuss the importance of representation in superhero movies and why it matters, why it's so important. Uh, LGBTQ representation in Marvel is essential. Superhero movies shape young viewers' ideas of what it means to be a hero. In a world filled with homophobia and transphobia, LGBTQ youth may not always feel heroic, but when they see themselves depicted as strong, complex, and admirable heroes, they may feel more pride in who they are. Um, I think Absolutely. that's so important. It's something that I wish I had when I was younger, you know? I wish that I had, you know, more LGBTQ representation in a positive way. Um, when I was younger, growing up, that would have meant the world to me. It would have made me feel less alone, and I think that's so important when it comes to this topic that we discuss. Absolutely. We're, I, I want to say I get it to an extent, but I, I never will. I get the only representation I get is, you know, female, which, you know, the MCU is going strong, but <laughs> I've never been told what I am is wrong. You know, I've never been shamed for who I love, who I am on the inside. So I'll never understand that internal, I don't know, internal terror, I guess you go through when you do see, when you do see representation on the big screen, it could go two ways. You're very excited or you're very scared of what you're going to hear from the backlash. And True. that's, that's no way to live. You know, like I, I get 
that it, it some it, in some places it's very taboo. In some countries in the world, it's not tolerated. But that doesn't mean it's wrong. That doesn't mean it's it's unconstitutional. It doesn't mean that it goes against any view. That if it goes against your views, I'm gonna be honest. Your views don't matter to me. I'm sorry, but these are people to just live their lives. Let them be happy. Let them live their let their best selves out loud. Don't don't be that person that says that they're doing this just to be woke because we just gave you all the information that it came from the 90s, 30 years ago. So you sound like a broken record. If you're not okay with LGBTQ representation in Marvel, I don't want to hear it. Keep that shit to yourself because it's not welcomed. We are only here for representation. We're only here for happiness. And we will continue to support any person who just wants to live their best life. <clears throat> wow, really beautifully said, Megan. I mean, I, I love when you when you talked about how like you know perspective and and how it would feel to be in someone else's shoes because it's true, you know, a lot of these people who are out here with all this hatred and and stuff like, you know, a lot of us are just trying to live our lives. Like we're not trying to bother anyone. We just want to, you know, work, have a family, you know, buy a house, buy a car. You know, we're just normal people. We're not the devil, we're not demons, we're not going to come for you in the middle of the night. We're not trying to convert you. You know, I feel like <laughs> a, a lot of people don't realize that. Like, we're just normal people. Really. Yeah, it's the, I, <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh, but when you said we're not trying to convert you, that, I don't know how many it's people true. I've seen. I don't know how many people I've seen. I don't want any gay man uh, hitting on me. Sir, you're not a prize. Okay? Gay men aren't yeah. lining up to you. <laughs> Stop it. Like, come on it like, just, just... let's calm down let's stay in our lane here because the gay men probably don't want to hit on you to begin with so also you're if you're true fear of a gay man hitting on you then you're afraid of what you do to women so get out of here yeah probably so the nastiest person towards women you know what that's true yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. it just makes me mad but <laughs> No, it, it makes me mad too. You know, I it's it's tough and it, you never really know what it feels like. You know, you can be an ally, and you, but you can never know what it actually feels like to be afraid of, of someone, like being afraid of people who don't like, you know, gay people. It's scary because you see on the news once in a while. I mean, I, I haven't seen it in a while, actually, because I don't try not to watch the news. But, you know, you see yeah. like, you know, people being attacked just for being gay or just for being, you know, trans or something. It's like, you know, those people are just walking along the street, minding their own business, trying to get to their car, trying to get to, you know, wherever they're going. And someone just goes and attacks them just because they don't like the fact that they don't understand that. They don't understand them. And you, do you realize how scary that is for a gay pe- person? Like when you're around people who you don't know and you're thinking like, oh, you know, I don't I don't know how these people are. I don't know who they are. And I don't know how they react to certain things like that. It makes you feel afraid to be in your own body sometimes or in your own head or you know, it just makes you so conscious of like the way you are sometimes and of who you're around and your surroundings, because it could be any of us that get attacked for no reason. It's very scary. It is scary. And I'm sorry, you and everyone who has to go through that. That's no way to live. You're not doing anything to anyone. You're not doing anything wrong. You're And with Marvel, you're just a fan. You know, just why can't we just let people enjoy it? If I if I see a black hero, I'm not jealous because I don't see a white one. I think the representation is beautiful and it should, everyone should be represented. So instead of saying they're making black people, gay people, women take over the MCU now, who cares? They're people too. They're not just white males who are straight. It just let it happen. Let us, let that be explored. Let that be less taboo. The more representation, the better. That just means it, you know, there's some kids or people or damn near adults who are gay, who are trans, who are these things, but they haven't come out. They don't feel supported. And when Marvel puts a gay, trans, black, anything kind of hero in their movie, that's giving them that support that they don't get. What is bad about that? That it's just helping someone. It it's beautiful, and we are always 
for it. We will never be against it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so true. Um, and I think the diversity is so important because it's like, why do we need to keep telling the same stories over and over with the same type of people? Why can't we have, you know, different stories with, you know, different people, different skin colors, different, you know, sexual orientations, different, different everything. Like, I think that's the whole thing that I think these people miss the most when we get into like the backlash of LGBTQ characters in media in general, not even just the MCU, but especially the MCU, because those some MCU fans are very toxic, um, yes. is that they're missing the point that stories get boring when you tell them over and over in the same way. You mm-hmm. Making it something new, making it an art form, you know, it, so much creativity. There should be different colors on screen. There should be different perspectives. There should be different walks of life because it enriches the storytelling. It makes, it, it, it shows, showcases different walks of life that you see in real life because it's, you know, I hate to break it to these people who are so threatened by this, but when you go out in public, the whole world isn't white, the whole world isn't straight. And when you go to the supermarket, you see black people shopping, you see Asian people shopping, you see Hispanic people shopping, Latin people, you see gay couples, you know, you that's that's the reality. So why are we trying to keep media so whitewashed and so bland when we have all this color in our regular world that we can incorporate into our stories? Also, there's more LGBTQ community members than you know. You don't know what someone's going through on the inside. We know we know people who are trans whose families have no idea because they don't feel comfortable yeah. enough with them knowing, which, you know, someday they'll get there. You don't know who you're talking to. You don't know what someone's going through. So instead of bashing an entire community because you're uncomfortable because you don't get it, why not just try to be slightly open-minded or at the very, very, very least, keep your mouth shut. Don't talk on things you don't understand. If you have questions, ask the questions. But don't ask a question just in order to argue with someone as to why you're right. If you don't understand the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community, there's no shame in not getting it because it is something none of us will ever understand. I will never understand it. I am a straight white woman. But I'm willing to learn and understand and ask the questions to see how you guys see it in this perspective. And I think we need more of that. We need more understanding and willing to support and willing to put ourselves in your shoes to see what it is like to be afraid of seeing that representation and that backlash. It's very true. I mean, I love how supportive you've always been of me, like in our friendship, like you're one of the most mm-hmm. accepting, wonderful people. And it, it's it's just, it's not a hard thing to do just to let people live their life. That's the first thing that I'll say. Um, the second thing is it's always been my policy. Like, you know, we're all human. We all find other things like unusual or strange, like when we're not accustomed to them. Um, but it's like, my philosophy has always been, if someone's not hurting themselves, they're not hurting others. Like, I don't care what you do with your life. It's not my business how you choose to live or how you, or what lifestyle you have or, or what you do in your free time or what you do in your own home. Like that's none of my business. And if, if it makes you happy, that's cool. I support you. That's, um, you know, that's all you can do for people in any situation really. So I think it's Absolutely. just, you know, tolerance is something that, you know, it, it, it does have to be, it doesn't have to be taught. Tolerance is not something that has to be taught. Remember, hatred is something that is taught. Absolutely. So that's where I'll end. Also, the world is moving on with or without you. If you're yes. not down for the LGBTQ community, you will be left behind and left in the dust. And you can enjoy being alone because we're all progressing. We're getting to some kind of goal and it's going to be amazing when we finally get there. Yeah. And we are not going anywhere. So you might as well just get used to it. Absolutely. Well, did you know that in a scene that takes place in Avengers Endgame, when a nameless side character played by director Joe Russo, which we talked about earlier, it is Joe, briefly mentions going on a date with a man. Russo later told Deadline, it was important to us that we did four of these films. We wanted a gay character somewhere in them. We felt it was important that one day one of us play him to ensure the integrity mm. and show it is in, 
importance to the filmmakers that one of us is representing that. I thought that was really cool, but I can't. But I, I now I'm going to make a game out of it to find the gay character. Where's one of the Russos? I know. <laughs> In their <laughs> movies, right? Like, just like do a scavenger hunt and anything that they come out with. <laughs> um, I will say, I this was nice. like, this particular. Yeah, it was nice. Um, I feel like this particular scene, you get like a very um, double-sided argument with it. Like you get some people who thought it was nice. You get some people who were just not happy with it for any reason. Um, I feel like some people said it was not enough representation, that it was kind of just like a, like throwing a dog a bone kind of thing. But, you know, I will say, I think that in in a multi-billion dollar franchise like Marvel, them starting with this. I mean, look at where we've come since this, you know, I mean, in Avengers Endgame to now, we've had several different openly gay characters, we've had openly gay relationships being portrayed. I mean, we've gotten a lot of discussion in these projects as well, which I think is really cool. And it's, it's amazing that, you know, they're, it's, it, it seems like they're evolving on the right track. So since this, you know, little starting point, I feel like they've made a lot of progress. I understand the point, like, you know, you didn't give us much, you gave us a nameless character who went on a date with a guy once. I get that. Mm -hmm. But you also have to look at the Russos, who are two straight men, put themselves Mm -hmm. in the position of being the gay guy in the movie, in four movies. And let me tell you, in the time of memes being the biggest thing on the internet and putting (laughs) themselves into becoming a gay meme, that 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 also took some balls. It was was the point that they... They put that effort into at least having something in every movie. Instead of just, they could have just not done it. They could have just left it out. No harm off their back. But they still did it. They still made sure that in every single movie, they played one gay guy. Just, you know, just as a taste. Just to, like you said, look where we're at now. You know, it. they didn't have to do it. It was nice that they did. Bottom line. I totally agree. I, I think, like I said, like it, it's been a journey and, and it's, it's, it, it opened the doors for a lot of different things. So I'm very actually, you know, in hindsight, it's, it's I'm very grateful for that scene coming about because look at the impact it had. It, it was really important. Yeah, I agree. Highly agree. I mean, and I just love that whole scene in general, like just cap holding that like grief counseling session and just, you know, being so, like, didn't even flinch, didn't bat an eye, just so openly open and accepting and just treating everybody that was there equally. Not like, oh, there's, you know, the gay, you know, man, he's the special case. I have to pay extra attention to him or something. You know, it was just a very, very natural setting, a very natural situation. And Cap was just amazing. And as the embodiment of, you know, freedom and hope, I think that that's just so wonderful to see that from him. I love also, Steve if- He's one of my favorite characters. If you go to any 100-year-old person, especially a white male, and tell him that you're gay, yeah. most likely it's not going to work out for you. But I I took this to be a much deeper thing. Like, yes, you're black, you're gay, I'm a superhero, but we're all in this grief together. We're all going through something yeah. together. We're all just people. I thought that was really nice. It, it was nice. I did too. I liked it. That's just it. It showed a very, like, you know, the fact that Cap has always maintained true to his humanity, even though he's got this, like, godlike strength. He's, you know, able to wield a god's hammer and, you know, do these incredible things. He has always remained such a pure human being at heart. And it just truly shows, like, you know, when you have love in your heart, you know, it just, it exudes. And I've always found that about Cap. Cap has always been a very loving person. And if America's ass can accept it, then you can too. Absolutely, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That takes us to our news roundup. Max, do you want to get us started? Yes. So the first little tidbit we have for you guys is Spider-Man Noir and Silk. Spider Society have been put on hold due to the WGA strikes, but they did it out of solidarity to the Writers Guild. That's that's amazing. I love this. I I'm I'm all for this Writers Guild strike. I mean, I think that, you know, as such a crucial part of the, you know, movie making or TV show making process, 
that they deserve to be paid and compensated equally and well. Um, I think that it's just, I hope the strike doesn't last too much longer. I hope that the studios just finally are like, okay, and give in because it's getting, you know, it's getting scary how many things are shutting down. And if it lasts yeah. for too much longer, it's going to throw a lot of stuff off schedule after we, I feel like we were just getting back on track after the pandemic. This is like the next roadblock. Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, it it is, it is a bummer because I was excited for these things, but, you know, the writers getting what they deserve is much more important than my hurt feelings. It's okay. We're here for it. Yeah. We are here for it. And I mean, even though I am salty at Sony for having <laughs> these on Amazon Prime video instead of Disney Plus, which they could have easily done, but that's none of my business yep. and I will still probably <laughs> watch them. So I don't know why I'm even complaining. <laughs> I'll still watch them, but I'm going to still have a chip on my shoulder. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's the, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Moving on to something that miraculously hasn't been too impacted by the writer's strike. Deadpool 3 officially began filming on May 23rd and will be released late 2024. I am so excited for this. This is like one of my most excited or one of the projects that I'm most excited for coming up in the MCU. So, like I love it. The interesting thing about Deadpool 3 is that they're not allowed to improvise this time because of the WGA strike because Ryan Reynolds is a part of the Writers Guild. So that would be breaking the rules during a strike because technically improvisation is writing. So it's, it's I like it does kind of scare me a little bit, but then Ryan Reynolds co-wrote the script. So I think you know, he's still trucking along. They are already filming. So I think he has complete and utter trust in the script. But mm -hmm. we don't know when the writer's strike will end. So it could always end halfway through. Could end tomorrow. But he could always go back and add some improvisation reshoots, something like that. But I found it really interesting. Yeah, I found that interesting, too, when I heard about that. I think it's, it, it, like, when you get to the technicality of that, like, oh, he cannot improvise on set because he is a part of the, you know, it's it's very intricate how they have these things set up. Um, yeah. I will say, like, when I heard that news, I was a little worried. I was like, oh, God, no. Like, please don't <laughs> affect Deadpool 3. Like, we really need a good one here. Please, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, improvisation is such a great area. But one little improvised line could change an entire scene. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm really excited for this film. And I think that with the amount of love and care they seem to be putting into it, I mean, from what we know, I mean, getting Hugh Jackman back out of retirement as Wolverine, you know, that wasn't cheap. Um, no. Having, ev <laughs> having everyone who's ever been in a Deadpool movie, like, confirmed to return in some capacity in this film, that wasn't cheap either. And that's amazing. Like, the fact they went to such lengths to keep all these characters as part of the story. Um, I just, they're, they're putting so much into this. Ryan Reynolds is doing so much. You can tell he's really, like, investing his soul into this film. He wants it to work. Um, and I'm, I'm here for it. I just hope this doesn't dampen any creative juices that would have been flowing. And I hope that if, if it does, you know, they do reshoots and make it the best movie it can be. Because I'm really excited for it. And this is, I can tell this is going to be amazing. Absolutely. I feel like they're not going to finish filming before it's over. So he very well could improvise the last day and say, I, Deadpool could say, I would have said this, but you know, the strike. He could make oh. something funny out of this. <clears throat> oh, you know, he's totally good. You know what? You're so right. It's totally yeah. meta. He's totally going to mention it in the film now. Like, oh my God, I can't wait. That's going to be so funny. Oh, uh, I need it to happen. Moving yes, on. Now you got me more hyped. I know. <laughs> Moving on, Kevin Feige confirms that Robert Downing Jr. has was originally in talks to play Doctor Doom for Fantastic Four in 2005, but wow. instead was cast as Iron Man. Feige says that's probably one of the greatest decisions in the history of Hollywood. 100%, Kevin Feige, 100%. 100%, 100%. I mean, there's no one else for Iron Man besides Tony Stark. I'm sorry, Tom Cruise, like not happening. It, it's all... <laughs> It's all, wait, what did I say? There's nothing, okay, well, let me say it again. Yeah. There's no other actor besides Robert Downey Jr. for Tony Stark. I'm sorry, Tom Cruise, but just not happening. <laughs> yeah, it's just sorry, not happening. Tom, sorry, Tom Cruise, but it, it's just not, I'm sure you're great, but no. 
Except Robert Downey I mean, Jr. is Tony Stark. It doesn't. Yes. They're, they can do a variant. They can do whatever they want. It doesn't matter. He's freaking Tony Stark, and he will always be that person. Absolutely. He's the original one and only variants come now. It's not the same, so I won't even consider it the same. But the one and only MCU, Earth 616 or Earth 1999, is Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. Um, but I will say, knowing how good of an actor RDJ was, like, I think he would have been a really good Doctor Tomb, like, That's if exactly, it had happened. That's exactly what I was about to say. Get out of my head. Um, Never. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> I think he, he could play anything incredibly well. Yeah. So Dr. Doom, I think he would have brought a really interesting vibe to that Dr. Doom. Not like I I, so. he would make it, he would have made it his own for sure. So I think it would have been really, really interesting to see. I would really like to see if, I don't know if they have any videos of him auditioning or Ooh. reading the role reading the the script i would have really liked to see that that would have been that would be insane i would love to see that i mean don't get me wrong i like julian mcmahon in the fantastic four films like the fantastic four films were some of the ones that got me really into like superheroes comic book oh movies my god and stuff. me too yay twins <laughs> twins wonder twin powers activate <laughs> um but uh, I don't know. I, I'm happy that he was Tony Stark, but I really wouldn't have minded him as Doctor Doom. I feel like he really could have brought his A-game to that and really given a good performance, I will say. I do think I think so, too. He could he could act with a paper bag over his head wearing a potato sack, and he'd be incredible. Exactly. And I mean, no disrespect to Julian McMahon, because I, I liked him, too. I liked him as Doctor Doom, but, you know, RDJ's a little on a different vibe. And, you know, we're talking about the big leagues here, Julian. I'm sorry. But exactly. facts, facts are facts. <laughs> and that's a wrap on Mediaverse Unwrapped. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us for our special Pride episode. Until next time, join our non-toxic Facebook group, Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Follow our public Facebook page, Mediaverse Plus. Follow us on Twitter at MediaverseCU and on Instagram and YouTube at Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Our new episodes are now premiering on Tuesdays on Spotify. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye for now. Yeehaw.